It's a simple recipe, but it would mean so much to me. Turn on the gas and make me feel fine. All I wanna say is, just give me some hot pizza. episode of Financial Pizza. It's the only podcast that features clips and more from some of the best financial advisors heard on radio and in podcasts every week all around the country. We all bring it to you hot, fresh, and in 30 minutes or less. And we've got a packed show this week. Coming up, we'll hear from Coach Pete DeRuta, who takes us through dealing with up and down markets. Eric Carney breaks down the difference between losing money and losing value. Joe Murphy talks about some retirement regrets that he hears regularly and will wind up with an interview with author Eric Bulkanis talking about his new book, The Boggle Effect. That and more coming right up. First, let's join America's wealth coach and best-selling author, Coach Pete DeRudup, along with Thomas Lipscomb and Morgan Patrick on Financial Safari. Coach has the old game Stratego on his mind right now. Help, help me out. Help me try to prod Coach a little bit. He was saying he just didn't understand. What were you saying, Coach? You just couldn't understand you're, why. You're telling me, Thomas. Why, why folks <laughs> avoid avoid safety when it comes to oh, retirement planning. You're going to jump right into this. I'm jumping right in because I'm sitting here looking <laughs> you have at, a good week, Thomas? I am. How the kids? Uh, you, you know, we, we can do all that. But growing, look, growing. Growing, growing, growing for sure. No, but seriously. Thomas didn't waste any time today. No, man. he did not. I, nobody wants to. Look yeah. at CNBC. Look at the stocks. Look at everything and how it's up, down, all around. Inflation, you name it, nothing seems stable right now. Did you ever play a game? It's a board game. And these days, I know why they call them board games because I'm bored playing them. But back in <laughs> I used to play before the internet, by the way, sure, you know, back yeah. in the 70s yeah. and 80s, like maybe early 80s, more of more 70s. A game called Stratego. Oh, yes. Oh, one yeah. of my favorites. Yes. <laughs> so you'd set it up. It's sort of like Battleship, but it was in front of you. No cheating. Yes. Stratego is awesome. I love Battleship, that Battleship, you could cheat. That's why they Not that you would ever 3D cheat, 3D Battleship. Right? Well, my brother Bob used to try to cheat. So, uh, <laughs> But then the 3D Battleship, it's impossible to remember what you said was a hit or miss. But Stratego, yeah. you would set up all your little uh, guys, Army guys there. They had all their like, sergeants and colonels, and you had to protect your general. For sure. And you had some bombs mm-hmm. you could set up. And so when the when the other player would tap on on the the player piece, you'd have to turn it over and show him what he tapped. And so if he had a if he had sort of like playing war mm. on a board game, so if he had a, a general and he hit your sergeant, then he basically killed your sergeant. And he moved on. But if he had a general and he hit your bomb, boom, <laughs> you know, it, it, then it was gone. And that's what you wanted. You wanted to hide all those threes and fours around the bomb so they could get their little general in there, thinking they're going to take out all your high ranking guys, and all of a sudden you blow up. There's a bomb. <laughs> so you're going along fine. Yeah. And then you're not. I mean, the next day comes 930 hits and uh, you look at the screen on TV when you turn on CNBC or whatever. It's all red. Right. Everything was fine. It was all green yesterday. Now it's all red today. You have just uh, experienced what we call uncertainty, volatility and up and down the market all in one swoop. Yeah. That's so true. you hit the bomb. Basically, if you have you know, if you're going to retire tomorrow and you still had all your money exposed to risk and then we had a bad day you hit a big bomb. Mm-hmm. And so what that means is you wouldn't be able to do what you're going to do. It's an interrupter of your future plans if you're not careful. And so what what may be adamant today, and it was almost mini Macaro-ish. You were a bit, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> do you think it goes? Here we go. <laughs> Coach goes Macaro. You cannot be serious. Be serious. Be serious. The thing that keeps me up at night and I don't have what is that is that that problem that some people sleep apnea. Sure. That doesn't keep me up at night. What yeah. keeps me up at night is worrying 
about folks who could have done everything the right way or could have had a perfect retirement, yeah. but yet left all their money in places they should not have left it in, in, in vehicles that are not designed for retirement. Morgan, do you really think the volatility of the stock market is designed for a retiree? No, it's not. <laughs> it's not. And we have been lulled to sleep over yeah. 12 years of a bull market run. And now all of a sudden, you know, have you looked at your portfolio? Yeah, a lot of people are afraid to open those envelopes. So they say, mm -hmm. no, coach, I haven't. Well, that's not good strategy either. No. And no. I still remember back in like 2007, 8, 9, when the same thing was happening. People were coming into the office. And they hadn't opened any statements. So I had a, well, actually I came up with a good idea. I invested in some very nice letter opener. So everyone who came in got a letter opener. <laughs> Maybe we should do that again. That's a because, good idea. Well, you know, there's no excuses if you have a letter opener. Maybe before you're saying, well, I couldn't find a letter opener, so I didn't open my statements. Mm. <laughs> if there was a check in there, would you open it? Yeah. Yes, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so again, out of sight, out of mind. And, and like uh, uh, we talk about my dog Penny back in the day, of my first Dotson, I had a bunch of the hot dog dogs. But Penny, when she would... Every now and then, she was a good house dog, but mm. she would. Everyone has mistakes. Sure, she would have a mistake. Maybe it's my wife and I's fault. We didn't come home in time, but she had made a mess on the floor. And Penny figured out in her mind, which wasn't wasn't too big, if she didn't look at us, we would never see what she did. Um. <laughs> we surely wouldn't blame her. <laughs> There's something I saw on YouTube where one dog basically points out the other dog to it. That's, pretty, that's a smart that dog right there. <laughs> so it's when you look at it. There's really, and Penny really had no one to blame but herself. And we really have no one to blame but ourselves if we leave our money exposed to risk we never should have been in to begin with, especially yeah. the time of life we're in. Now, like I always say, every single financial product and strategy out there that exists, exists in a good way for somebody or they wouldn't be out there to begin with. Financial Safari airs on several stations in the Raleigh-Durham, North Carolina market. It's also available on Apple Podcasts as well as on FinancialSafari.com. Reach the team at Capital Financial, CapitalFinancialUSA.com. And for more on Coach Pete, visit PeteOnDemand.com. You can call them 800-662-6808 or just text PIZZA to 600-700. PIZZA! Eric Carney is here with his thoughts on losing value versus losing money. They are quite different. Again, there's a big difference between losing money and losing value. And, you know, we're constantly um, taking a look at where the indexes are, where are our portfolios? Um, and, and the thing is, is that, you know, people don't realize that when you have the opportunity to live to fight another day, you're going to be okay. I mean, we have the ability to buy back many of our investments at a much lower price. And when the market whipsaws back, and it will at some point, there's going to be some pretty good gains in there. And a lot of times people have to realize when the market whipsaws back, that's going to be the easiest money that you're ever going to make. And so it's kind of like losing 30 pounds, let's say. You lose the first 20 pounds, and it's a lot of work to lose that 20 pounds. But then all of a sudden, your body's readjusting to that, and now it makes that last 10 pounds significantly harder to lose. So again, if you're trying to get you know, back your 20% gain and the market whipsaws back, let's say 12%, that means that that was a pretty easy 12%. It's going to be that very last 8% gain that's going to be very difficult to do. And so that's why, you know, having a strong money manager that's proactive and that's trying to stay at it is so important. And what I tell everyone is when you start working with an investment advisor, you are entering into a financial relationship. That is a financial partnership. And the thing is, is that you have to work together. 
And we're not only managing money, but we're managing their investment behavior. We're managing their emotions. We're managing how they feel. And there's a lot that goes on with that. And Donna's done a great job with the financial plan and the income plan, reviewing that with everyone, updating that with everyone. And that's a good feeling to a lot of people. They're like, okay, this is not, not going to affect me anywhere near where I thought. And so, again, this has been a very difficult year, and it's just been lagging on. And it's like, it's like dodgeball. It's like we constantly have new dodgeballs that are being thrown at us. You've got interest rates. You've got rising gas prices. You've got the possibility of a recession. You've got a plunging stock market. Um, there's just a lot of things that are going on. And it's like, and I think a lot of people think, how much more can we take? But like I said, um, I, I think that we're overall are going to be okay. We just have to, have to stay at it. You said something a bit ago that uh, kind of struck with me. Uh, it, you said losing money and losing value. Help me understand the difference. Well, I mean, let's just say that you buy a stock for $50, mm -hmm. and let's just say that it goes up to $80. Okay. Your gain is now $30. And so now all of a sudden, if that stock falls, let's say 20%, okay? So 20% mm -hmm. of, of, of uh, 80 is six, is 16 bucks, right? Yes. So now all of a sudden you're down to 74, or I'm sorry, $64. And so now that stock is now at $64 and everybody's like, oh, I lost money. No, you didn't. You bought the stock for $50. It went up to 80. Now it has fallen to 64. You're still up $14 a share. So you lost value, but you didn't lose money. Good to know. If you'd like to learn more, call him, 800-662-6808, or text PIZZA to 600-700. Eric and his team at Retirement Wealth call Cape Coral, Florida home. His show, WealthWorks Radio, can be heard on News Radio 1580 WCCF in Punta Gorda, Florida, or on the iHeartRadio app anywhere. You can also find him on Apple Podcasts or wherever you download your podcasts. I'd recommend subscribing so you don't miss an episode. Visit his website, ericcarneyadvisor.com. That's ericcarneyadvisor.com. And you can also find him on TV in the area, both Saturdays and Sundays. Check your local listings for times and channels. Pizza! Now let's join Joe Murphy from his show, Wealth Health Radio. Here, Joe gets into a couple of retirement regrets. He says he hears a lot from clients. We understand the tax code here at this firm, and we use a lot of different strategies depending on the situation. But remember, we had Paul uh, Paul Payne on yeah, right. a couple of weeks ago, and we were talking about the, the pension maximization. You know, it's a higher level strategy using something that a lot of do-it-yourselfers would never consider, um, using that life insurance policy and, and, and taking all that money up front um, on that single pay on the pension and then having that death benefit tax-free to the misses so you can maximize what's in your pocket now and then also maximize tax-free, by the way, um, to the misses down the road. So it, it's there's so many different strategies that we incorporate, but you know it's not something unless this is your full-time job that you're really going to have the time to research. It's, it's something that we do almost every single day here and we can incorporate 
any of these strategies to any of our clients at any time, but we have the knowledge, you know, we have the experience. We've been doing this a long time. And like I say on the radio, I get to retire three, four, five times a day. So this is old hat to us, but it's not easy to learn. And with the, the changes, especially right now with tax code and legislation, you know, you really have to be up to speed. It's a full-time job. I can verify that for sure, <laughs> sure. just to keep up with the changes that are going on in this environment. One of the other things I think that people regret, and, and I, I understand this one, is being open to changing strategies. And I know, for example, you know, I know someone that's been working for a particular company for, I don't know, 25 or 30 years, and they are really, you know, they got a lot of stock in that company and they are not willing to change. Yeah, change is scary. Yeah. Look, it, it is. You know, as human beings, we we fear change. Um, you have to embrace some types of change. And, and like I said, sometimes something that works, we never want to deviate from it ever. And I think that's been the recipe, especially with this latest downturn in the market. You know, during a, a bear market or during a bull market, excuse me, you know, you could throw darts at the board and make money. And, and you know, everyone gets used to that thrill, the thrill of making money nonstop in a, in a bull market. And then when the tables turn, it's like, oh, my gosh, what did I do? Well, you should have been rebalancing or, or understanding your risk tolerance throughout. You should have been open to changing those strategies during that time period based on where you're at, especially considering retirement. You know, these are critical things that a lot of people don't consider until it's too late. And everyone that's sitting there looking at their account values or maybe have all their eggs in one basket and equities getting ready to retire, that's a scary time. So you need to be open to making these changes while you're on that path towards retirement, not when you get to the finish line, then it's usually too late. You have to be able to make changes and you have to be open to those changes to make this whole thing work. And again, but hey, but I love my stock. It's been with me forever. I don't want to move it. <laughs> oh, yeah. The emotional attachment. Yeah, right. Exactly. Look, you know, I, 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 as a trader, I'm cold and calculating, but I do get it. You know, you fall in love if something's making you a ton of money, especially, I mean, look at the, the cryptos. You know, everyone was just so over the moon with these things. And then when they started peeling backwards, you know, there was a little bit of disbelief at first and, you know, maybe a little bit of, of panic and fear and then outright capitulation with the latest selling sprees. So, you know, you have to be really careful with falling in love with any type of equity position. Um, you don't want to stay married to a stock, that's for sure. You want to use it for what it does for you during a specific time period, but everything falls out of favor. Everything cycles. You have to know when to be in, when to be out. And, and, and like I said, falling in love, it's just going to create that tie to you and that company. And it usually spells nothing but trouble. And you can catch Joe's show, Wealth Health Radio, Sundays at noon on AM 560, The Answer, W-I-N-D, Chicago. And you can also find his podcast on Apple Podcasts, iHeart, Spotify, or wherever you download your podcasts. Visit his website, mwmfinancial.tax, mwmfinancial.tax. Check out his Facebook page at Murphy Wealth Management. Pizza! To wind things up today, we'll join Coach Pete DeRuta talking with best-selling author Eric Balkunas about his new book, The Boggle Effect. It's all about the index fund created by Vanguard Group founder Jack Boggle. And we've got a great guest today. His name is Eric Balchunas, and he's joining us from right outside of Philadelphia. He's a senior ETF analyst at Bloomberg Intelligence, where he leads ETF and passive fund research. He and his team write several notes a week for Bloomberg Terminal, 
which total over a million reads per year. Eric's also co-host of the weekly Bloomberg TV show called ETFIQ. He's got a new book out called The Bogle Effect. We're going to talk about John Bogle a little bit and I want to welcome you in. Eric, welcome in. Hey, it's great to be here. Thank you for that nice introduction. Well, you've got a long bio, so I have to pick and choose what to talk about. But the Bogle effect here, the book, takes readers through the financial areas such as active management, ETFs, and advisory world, quantitative investing, something called ESG, which a lot of people are going to hear more and more about that coming up, behavioral finance, and even trading platforms to show how they and the investors they serve are being reshaped and reformed in that book. Now, what, what inspired you to, to write the book? I know you've talked to, when John was alive, I know you spent a lot of time talking to him. Yeah, I had uh, sat down with him for three different interviews for over an hour in the five years before he passed away. And then we exchanged emails. He was on my ETF show a couple times. And um, I, uh, so I had all this audio on a dictaphone. And I, I did a couple years before he passed away, and the pandemic hit, and I sort of had a little more time. And I thought, you know, let me get this out out there because I think what he did is really interesting. It's almost a business story that it, it's not just like a Jeff Bezos or a Steve Jobs. It's actually, I think, another level given that he really didn't get rich himself. I think those other stories are usually about somebody becoming a billionaire. This guy made everyone else rich, and I find that story really interesting. And it completely has is now dictating the whole industry. Um, basically, they alone take in about a billion a day which is really an absurd amount of money. They've taken a billion a day for 10 years. Um, And then other people have now copied their sort of low-cost index funds, whether it's BlackRock or Fidelity, and that's the funds they get assets in now. So in a way, Vanguard and Bogle, the the man, have had, in my opinion, the biggest effect in asset management, if not all of Wall Street, uh, compared to anybody else. And really, I think all of what Bogle did really comes down to one phrase. I think his life's work could really be defined by addition by subtraction. He, he removed management fees, trading, biases, um, all the friction that just gets in the way of you and your money, which once it starts compounding, is glorious. Yeah, that's a good point. You know, the investment world is very confusing for a lot of folks, too. And then it's more of the investment when you watch some of these shows. Uh, that are on like 24-7 is you can get financial information. I think people get more enticed to do more things they shouldn't do because they get impatient. And, you know, the the word the, the phrase dollar cost averaging means a lot. Instead of trying to buy and sell a lot of times, always buy and add to something if you believe in it. I, I think that's one of the main things that, that, that John was featuring is is the – consistency and persistent and saving like that and and not trying to like find the, the, the horse that's going to win the race but bet on all the horses <laughs> so and, and and put the money in every single month the system systematic investing is something that every american should be doing yeah i think most people who have invested um i think you know when you talk about this entertainment aspect of it i think young people drive that a lot i think when you look at robin hood yeah um, i remember i'm a gen xer in the 90s we were all thought we were geniuses because we bought Microsoft and Cisco and it went up a lot. And, but then, you know, a correction hits and you realize this is harder than it looks. And so most people who are young, I think, go through that process. I think it's generational. But there's a line in, in War Games, uh, that movie from the 80s, where the, the computer deduces that the only winning move is to not play. And I think <laughs> that's what most people uh, subscribe to after they try this on their own. It doesn't work out. And then also maybe they get older, they have more responsibilities. They have a family, a mortgage. They can't mess around with money as much. Yeah. And that's where I think Vanguard is really, really fits that time in your life when you're finally done with the gambling aspect. 
and you want to just save and grow your wealth. And so I think you're right that uh, Vanguard is sort of at odds with that sort of culture. But I will say, um, and it's funny, Bogle wrote a um, piece for the New York Times in 1999, right before the internet bubble burst. And because that's when day trading was crazy then too, right? Um, and he basically said that people who day trade only get about 60% of the actual market returns. And, and you know, he didn't like active mutual funds, but he said at least they get 75% of market returns. <laughs> but an index fund gets you 99% yeah. of the market returns. And so he, as much as he would slam active managers, he thought doing it yourself was, was even worse. If your goal is to grow wealth, that, that's also part of the book. Because I, I was like, listen, this guy came out with an idea called the index fund, and he wouldn't pay brokers. So A, he, he had an idea that sounded average. It's like, I don't, why do I want to be average? And he was doing it outside of the entire system of incentives. But he was able to break through. And I look at all the creative ways he was to do it. And one of those ways is showing the growth of $10,000. And I think this is what is interesting in the story of Vanguard is it took a long time because of this. This guy operated outside of a system. And so the company didn't even get to 10% market share in the fund business, um, not until 25 years after it started. So this was a long process of him trying to explain to people that buying and holding an index fund is an average. If you wait long enough, you end up at the top of the heap. You have to change the way you're viewing investing. And that's hard. He had to change hearts and minds in and do it without uh, being inside the system. And it's a good business story in there too. It's interesting. And I think a lot of uh, the crypto and DeFi world, I, I'm trying to explain to them that actually if, if you're in that world and you like crypto and all this and the DeFi thing, um, th this book should appeal to you because this guy was like OG DeFi. Um, just in a different way, but there's a lot of the same spirit and ethos here between Bogle and what young people are seeking out with crypto and decentralized finance. And folks, we're talking to Eric Baltunas, a senior ETF analyst at Bloomberg Intelligence and author of the new book, The Bogle Effect. Uh, you brought crypto up. I wanted to mention that when you said you're Generation X, most of the folks I know who are Generation X are dabbling or heard about the crypto. What do you feel about crypto? Yeah, so um, crypto is interesting. I, I still don't quite get it. Um, but it's resilient. Its resiliency has made me respect it. And there's really smart people in the industry. And I wouldn't bet against some of them. So that's where I sort of give it my respect. That said, I still don't totally think it's going to overtake currency. I, I, uh, is it the new gold? I mean, you could debate <laughs> all this. I, I do think, though, that crypto is being helped by the Bogle effect. And I'll explain why. You talk about Gen X or even boomers who are dabbling in crypto. I think what you have now is that in the 90s, you'd have these active mutual funds and you'd You'd have one that was five stars, and then it wouldn't perform well. So you'd sell it and buy the next five-star one, and you would just churn these active funds, and it just made investing hard. Finally, people find something to hold on to, an index fund. So they have that in their core. The problem with an index fund for many people is it is boring. Yeah. It's really efficient, and it's really it can create uh, – <laughs> it's the best way to create wealth, but it's boring as hell. So I think we have a chapter in the book called The Fall and Rise of Active. That legacy active that's just sort of you know close to the benchmark and picking a couple stocks here and there, that's probably getting replaced by Vanguard in the core of the portfolio. But where active is now finding a home is in things like crypto or high active share active like Kathy Wood and ARK or thematic investing, um, NFTs. Those are not only um, you know, fun and ways to distract yourself so you don't touch the other part, which has to grow. It takes you know, 30, 40 years. <laughs> But those things have nothing to do with the index. 
Yeah. So they complement. So we have this sort of visual of you've got this boring vanilla core, which is great and good for you. But then you go and you search for some hot sauce uh, to, to put on and dabble, I think is the right word. So I actually think crypto is being helped by the fact that Vanguard has taken over the core of portfolios because it's allowed people to have a little more patience with those volatile areas uh, of their portfolio, which are in smaller slices. Uh, you're not as bummed when crypto goes down 30, 40% because, hey, it's 3% of my portfolio. Yeah. And I really have 80% of it in this uh, you know, S&P 500 index fund. Uh, it calms you down a lot. Where anyone gets in trouble is when they put too much money on the risk side and they don't have their safe side established. And you, you see that. Then they, get, then they make irrational decisions and they get trapped in the wrong places because all their money's in the wrong place. And unfortunately, I've seen people who take way too much risk with money they're going to need for retirement. And nothing wrong with risk. But making sure you know what the what the risk is, and and they have an exit strategy to that risk too. So one final, we got about a minute here left. I wanted to ask you a question here, and I think it's a good one. What's your biggest concern of the markets right now? Yeah, I think my biggest concern, you know, short term is just that the sixty and the forty, you know, the sixty forty portfolio, they've yep. both been going up for like fifteen years. <laughs> Usually, stocks go up, bonds don't, but they've both been going up because it's low rates. So I would say, you know, that's my biggest worry. Is, should people look to something that's like alternative? Um, but I don't know. I also think that in the end, uh, stocks are a really good place to be because people get up every day and create value at these corporations. That's something Vogel preached and tried to sell people on was that you get a cash flow and you get um, yep. uh, uh, dividends and you get earnings growth when you buy stocks. So I think that's a good long run investment. It's just, you know, what should you do with, you know, to maybe uh, protect yourself a little if the 60 and the 40 goes down for a while. But the 40 part, the bonds, probably where I'm worried the most, because obviously if the Fed rates, rate, raises rates and they go up in a long cycle, a lot of the bonds that are out there right now are just worthless. Yeah. And so that's going to be an interesting thing to watch. And that's probably something that concerns me a little bit. Thoughts on inflation? Yeah. I mean, I, look, um, I was a baby in the 70s, but uh, I, it was a big deal back in the day. And yeah. um, it's scary. Where it hits home is like, oh, I, I went to my, my review and I got a Four percent raise, yay! Well, inflation seven. <laughs> then that's where it hits home. People are like, yeah, you're right, man. Um, I'm actually starting to slide backwards. So even if I'm even if I'm ahead, I, I got to subtract seven percent from everything now, and that's scary. Yeah, it is. and I think that's this is something that's going to be probably a big issue for a while. I hope it's just supply chain. I hope it's just pandemic supply chain, and that's sort of what we're seeing. And it's not as bad as we think. But um, yeah, it, it, it's it's scary. Uh, I, I would say that's up on my worries too. That's part of why the Fed is really committed this time to raising rates. You know, in the past, they've always folded like a lawn chair. Yeah. But now I think they're going to see it through because inflation is worse than, say, the markets, uh, you know, having a spasm. Well, yeah, good points. And, uh, and, and I think uh, how many pages is your, is your new book? How, how many pages is the Bogo Fed? Uh, about 340. Wow, that's, um, that's down from 500. So <laughs> I edited it down and yeah. also interviewed 50 people, including Warren Buffett and wow. Michael Lewis and and I have their quotes in there. It's sort of written like a semi-documentary. And so I think I think it, I, I try to make, look, mutual funds are as interesting as C-SPAN to most people. So I, <laughs> I try to really, really bring it and include a lot of voices and make it as entertaining as possible. Well, folks, his name is Eric Valchunas, and the name of the book is The Bogle Effect. Eric, uh, we hope to have you on again in the future. I would love that. Thanks for uh, having me on today. Yes, sir. Again, that's Eric Balkanis. The book, The Bogle Effect, available wherever books are sold, like Amazon. Well, there you have it. Episode 152 of Financial Pizza is complete, done nicely, ready for that digital delivery. 
Financial Pizza features clips and more from some of the best financial radio programs and podcasts heard around the country each and every week. We bring it to you hot, fresh, and in 30 minutes or less. And if you'd like Financial Pizza delivered to you each and every week, just subscribe to it. It'll be in your podcast collection automatically. Find it on Apple Podcasts, the iHeartRadio app, or anywhere you get a podcast. And as long as you are there, why don't you go ahead and subscribe and then rate it and share it. We've got lots of pizza to go around. Remember, you can reach any of the advisors featured here by calling them at 800-662-6808 or text pizza to 600-700. I've got links to all the advisors listed in the show notes with this podcast. And you can reach me by email, steve at financialpizza.com or on Twitter at Steve's at all. Financial Pizza is produced and written by me, Steve Siddall, and originates from the studios of broadcasting experts in Apex, North Carolina. Thanks a lot for listening, everybody. I really do appreciate it. Going to be back next week with another episode of Financial Pizza. I'm Steve Siddall. Pizza. Coach P Radio. Information provided is for illustrative purposes only and does not constitute investment, tax, or legal advice. Information has been obtained from sources that are deemed to be reliable, but their accuracy and completeness cannot be guaranteed. Neither Peter J. Deruta or his guests are liable for the usage of information discussed. Always consult with a qualified investment, legal, or tax professional before taking any action. Annuity guarantees are based solely on the financial strength and claims-paying ability of the issuing company. Individuals should thoroughly review the contract for specific details of the product features and costs. Income payments and withdrawals from deferred annuities are generally taxable as ordinary income in the year they are taken. Money management is provided by Equus Capital Management. Equus is an SEC-registered investment advisor located in San Rafael, California. Investment advice by Capital Financial Advisory Group, LLC, a North Carolina-registered investment advisor. Insurance advice given by Capital Financial and Insurance, a North Carolina-licensed insurance agency.